go. Good evening. We're going to be learning Maseches Psachem Daf Mem Vav. We're starting about three fourths of the way down on Mem Heim Abayz. Um, it's about 15 or so lines up, starting with the words Tanu Rabbanon. Uh, tonight we're going to be going a little further than usual to make tomorrow a drop easier. Uh, we're going to go until about halfway down on Mem Zayin and Aleph, but it is a faster blot and a half, as it were. It is a blot and a half, actually, but it doesn't. Uh, you'll see it's a. Uh, uh, you'll see it's with relative ease tonight. Baruch Hashem. Here we go. Tanur Abanan Hapas She'ipsha. If you have bread that has molded, B'nifsala Milechol Adam, It is moldy enough that no human being would consume it. However, V'hakelev Yechol Le'ochla, but a dog is still willing to eat it. So it's kind of in between, right? It's kind of this in-between phase. So the Tanakama and this Brisa holds, V'tama Tumas Ochlen B'chebetza. The halacha is that if this has the shear of a kibetza, this bread, if it has the shear of a kibetza, so a kibetza is the shear that we know which has the capacity to transfer tuma. So if it, if it was tame, it could transfer tuma to something else. But all of this is code word for saying that the Tanakama holds that as long as the kelev is still willing to eat it, it has a din of ochel. At the same time, the b'risa continues in the name of the Tanakama, that it can be cooked. It can be burned, I should say, with Truma uh, Tmeya and Pesach, that would be totally fine, even though it's Tahor, because it's not Ra'oi La'achilas Adam. Okay. However, the, the dissenting opinion here is that of Reb Nassim. Mishum Reb Nassim, that even if it is a Kibetza, uh, it is not considered to be Tame. This is not considered to be a food because a human being does not eat it. And therefore, even if it's a Kibetza, Reb Nassim holds that it's not going to generate Tuma for something else. So the Gemara asks on this, Keman Azla Haditznan. Like whom of these Tanaim does this Mishnah go like? Klalam Rubitaros, 10 lines from the bottom, Memheim and Beis. There's a rule that was said by Taharos. Kol Hamiyuchad, Leochel Adam, Tamei, Achei Pasam, Lechel Kelet. Anything that is specifically for anything that a person would eat, Kol Hamiyuchad, Leochel Adam, Tamei, Achei Yusol, that would still be considered as something which can generate tuma until it would be for Kelev. It cannot be like Reb who held that that's not true, that one, he held differently. He held that once the food was no longer edible for a human being, so then Ladina, uh, it was uh, no longer, it no longer had the capacity to generate, uh, to generate tuma. Okay, just a small little sugya, uh, a, a little disconnected from much of what we were learning. Tanu Rabbanan, seven, eight lines from the bottom of the page. Areva Sa'abdanim, if you have a bowl that leather, um, people who are working with leather, leather tanners would use, Shanasan Lasocha Kemach, and they would put flour in that bowl for the purposes of, uh, of uh, tanning the hides. So if you did so, within three days of Pesach, then the halacha is chayv levayr. We assume that in those three days, that uh, the, the, it's not going to get absorbed in a way in which it would be considered inedible, and therefore you'd be chayv levayr. However, if you would have put the flour there beyond three days prior to Pesach, so four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten days before Pesach, you don't have to worry about it because by the time you get to the to Pesach, it will have uh, ruined its chametz status. He said, when does this apply? When do we make this distinction of three days and not three days? That's That's only if during the, that time you did not put any leather into that bowl where the person would do, do the leather tanning. 
But if in fact you did put the leathers in there with the flour, so then even if you're within three days under those circumstances, we assume that the leather process, the tanning, the dyeing process, whichever specific piece the Gemara is discussing here, that that would um, invalidate this from becoming chametz, and therefore it would be permissible. Uh, you would have no chiyuv to be mevayer. Amar Rava halacha kirav nasan. Rava says that we follow like Rav Nasan, and even more mekel than it seems that even Rav Nasan was willing to go. What does he say? Afilu yomechad, afilu shachas. Even if a person adds flour to a to the leather tanner's bowl, even within an hour of the of the shas iser on erev Pesach, the halacha is that if you're adding that flour to a bowl in which there is going to be leather. So then because the tanning process is so aggressive and all the chemicals are so strong, so therefore we assume that it invalidates the chametz and there's no concern about whether or not one should do biur. That brings us to the two dots, four lines from the bottom of the page. Here we're going to be going to the second part of our Mishnah. This is a Mishnah that we saw yesterday, two thirds of the way down on Mem there, the ratio of the Mishnah spoke about cracks in a, um, uh, when there's cracks in a pot and it's filled in with dried dough. And we spoke about that yesterday at length. And here, uh, toward the end of this Mishnah, it says, hatuma. The same would be true in regards to Tuma. Um, and what, the Gemara is bothered by that comparison. Why are you comparing the ratio, which is speaking about you know, cracks in a pot which is filled in with dough and tuma. What is the connection? Says the Gemara, me dummy. Uh, let me read the line actually, uh, quoting the, the Mishnah. We compared the ratio of our Mishnah, which deals with cracks in a pot which is filled in with uh, caked in dough. And uh, we said it's also true by tuma that if a person is makbid, they do care about the dough, then it's considered a chatzitza. And if you had to remove the tahara, you have to remove the tuma by taking it to the mikvah, so it would still be a chatzitza. But the imrotze bekiyumo, if you're satisfied with having with having these cracks be filled with dough, then the halacha is harehu ke'areba. Asks the Gemara, me dummy, the reisha and the safe of the Mishnah, these two things are similar. You have a case where we're talking about cracks in a, in a pot that has dough caked in, and Tuma. What is it? Why are these two cases being compared? Ma me dummy asks the Gemara, three lines from the bottom. Hasam, by the ratio of the Mishnah, Bishi'ura Talya Milsa. In the ratio of the Mishnah, we're talking about a Kezayis, not a Kezayis. We're talking about a shear of Chametz. But Bishi'ura Talya in the end, in the end of the Mishnah, by Tuma, Bikpeda Talya Milsa. There, we're only talking about how Makbid you are. Do you care that it's there when it goes to the Mikvah? Do you not care when it's there? So, how are you comparing, asks the Gemara, I'll just take it off the page a little bit. How are you comparing a kezayis of chametz to whether or not something is a chatzitza in a mikvah? Those two things should not be in the same sentence. Nevertheless, the Mishnah does say v'chein, similarly. So the Gemara is going to present four answers, and that will bring us to the Mishnah halfway down on Memvav Medalaf. Let's get started with answer number one. Says the Gemara, Amar of Yehuda, two lines from the bottom, Ema, you're right. You're right, this comparison is ridiculous. And really our Mishnah should have a different language. It should have said, hatuma It shouldn't say, it should have said, that there's no comparison. Says the Gemara, Amar Abaye, it shouldn't say Amar Le, it should say Amar Abaye. They lived two generations apart. Doesn't mean that they weren't exposed to one another, but it's likely that they were not exposed to one another. Amar Le Abaye, he says, what are you talking about? How can you say that the language of our Mishnah should say, that it's enokain, that there's no comparison between the seif and the ratio between Tuma and, and Pesach. It says, yes, it is similar. You're saying, no, it's not. You got to give me a better argument than the, the words are wrong. It says that it's similar. 
It says, So therefore, Abaye posits his own answer. Last line, What is the, co- the connection between the Reisha and the Seifa of our Mishnah? The Reisha that's dealing with a kezayis of bread that's caked in as a filler for a cracked vessel, and tuma. Says the Gemara, This is his answer. We're talking about combining that which is the food inside the vessel, and the chametz that is filling in the cracks of the vessel to become one shear. And And when our Mishnah makes a distinction between um, whether or not you're, you're makbid, if you care, if you're makbid, it's a chatzitza, if you're not makbid, it's not, that's only true by sha'ar yimos hashana. That's ika plukta is a reference when it says that there is a discussion, an argument, it's only referencing whether or not you're makbid. So hechidami, what is the case here that Abai is trying to paint to explain how the Reisha relates to the Seifa, how the case of Pesach and Kezayis re- relates to Tuma. Answers the Gemara Hechidami, Kigon de'ika pachos mikebetza ochen. Inside, the content of the bowl is food, but it's less than an actual kezai, a kebetza. Vinagu behai batzeik, and it touches the dough, and the, the dough that's in the cracks of the vessel. Bepesach de'isuro chashuk mitztarek. Because on Pesach, we are cognizant of chametz and we are concerned about chametz. Therefore, we add together the less than kibetza contents of the bowl with the less than kibetza filler of the cracks in the bowl. And therefore, mitzdarev, they combine as one. And bisharia mos hashana, around the year, where we don't care at all about Hilchos Pesach because it's year round, but we still have a question about chatzisa for the mikvah, then it just depends. If you actually wish that it wasn't there, then of course it would be mitzdarev and it's going to be problematic. And if you really want it to stay there, then then it becomes part of the landscape of the, uh, of the bowl and no concern. At all. So this is how Abaye wants to answer the comparison that really what our Mishnah was talking about is a tzeruf of combining the Reisha and the Seifa by saying that maybe there's food in the bowl on Pesach that's less than a kibetza and the contents of the cracks of the bowl that have chametz in them, together they're a kibetza. So that's Abaye's uh, Havamina. Says the Gemara, wait a second. What Mishnah do you have? If you look in our Mishnah, the language says, do you see the word mitzarev there? Abai, you're going off the page. I understand you're trying to solve the problem, but you got to stick to some parameters here. So it says the Gemara, that doesn't work. What does it say? It says that we're talking about chatzitza. So you came up with a clever idea, but your idea is not rooted in the text. And therefore we reject his answer as well. So Rava questions Abaye, and therefore Rava posits a new answer. Eight, nine, ten lines down, says the Gemara, Rava. Rava says, answer number three. Again, our question yet again. How do the Reisha and Seifa connect to one another in our Mishnah? The Reisha is discussing the uh, cracks in a bowl of chametz that are the fillers for a bowl. And the Seifa is talking about Tuma. What's the connection? We're talking about a case when you're trying to get the Kli to be Tahir. It used to be Tame. You're going to bring it to a Mikvah. It became Tame. Someone touched it. It became Tame. You're going to be Metahirin. Hechidami, what's the case? Kigon de'itme hachareva. De'itme became Tame. Hachareva. This bowl became Tame. Ubay le'at bule. And it needs to be toveled in a Mikvah. It needs to get uh, Tvila. It says the Gemara. Be'pesach. An Pesach de'isuro chashuv chotzei tzvelo salka latvila. An Pesach. We say that the chametz is problematic. We consider it a chatzitza because inherently the chametz has its own status of iser, and therefore chotzitz, it's considered to be a chatzitza. The tefillah does not count. Namely, the kli is still going to be tummy. 
Bishari Mosashana, forget about Pesach. What about year round? Under those circumstances, then it's just Bikpay the Talyam Milsa. It just depends on your own desires. If you wish it wasn't there, then it's a Chatzitza for the Mikvah. That's answer number three is that the connection between the Rish and the Seifa is the Chashivus of the Chametz. Therefore, it dictates whether or not it is the, the bread that's caked into the cracks is considered a chatzitza for the mikvah. But here, too, the Gemara doesn't like this answer either. Maskifla Rav Papa, one third of the way down, he says, Your language is totally off. You wanted to say, Abaye, you're wrong because it doesn't speak about Mitzarev. You literally reversed a word in our Mishnah. Our Mishnah says, You're like, Nope, it's about Tara. Yeah, again, you got to stick to the page. There's language that you have to work with. So says the Gemara, it's the exact opposite of what you said, Rava. So therefore, the Gemara presents answer number four. And with this, we will get to the new Mishnah. We're talking about it becoming Tame. Hey, Chidami, what's the case? We know, of course, that of the Shmona Shratzim, that eight of the Shratzim are considered to be Metame ve'avatuma, and uh, it can generate some serious problems. So it's kegon denaga sheretz b'haybatzik, the dough that's inside the cracks of the vessel were touched by a sheretz. The Pesach, the Isro chashuv, on Pesach, where the status of chametz is considered to be chashuv, there, chotzeitz velo nachtalatuma, it's considered to be a chatzitza, and there's no way to remove the tuma. B'shari mosashon, it depends. The big talya, we only care about uh, whether or not you care about it, and that is imak b'alav. This is year round, not on Pesach. Year round, imak b'alav chotzeitz imrotze b'kiyum areu kiareva. So four answers the Gemara presented as to how we link the reisha to the seifa, the case of the cracks in the vessel and whether or not it's a kazai of chametz and the seifa, which is dealing with tuma. Yes, sir. Areva is like a bowl or a, it's like a mixing bowl. So that brings us to a new Mishnah. This new Mishnah has a very strange language. Rashi himself has two different sheets as how to even read the word. Let's see what's going on here. But sake, if you have dough, so it's either hacheresh, um, right, from chereshotavakatan, someone who cannot hear. Uh, so it's either cheresh or it's cheres, as we'll see in Rashi momentarily. But the point is, in either case, is dough that we do not know as to whether or not it has become chamet. We're not sure if it reached that point of being mischamet. We don't know. Says the Gemara, if there's other dough where you added the water to the flour at the same time, look at it and compare. If that one's chametz, then you know the answer over here. If that one's not chametz, then you're fine. So let's take a look at Rashi with this very unique language. Rashi says, we're two thirds of the way down in Rashi. The first Rashi on the Mishnah, the Ibrahim Askel, but again, it depends how to read it. The first version of Rashi says as follows. It assumes that it means cheresh, as in cheresh shot vikat, on someone who's deaf. She'ein nikar im hechmitzim lav. We don't know if it, if it became chametz. She'meshunehu kecheresh. It's, it is uh, different in that, just like a cheresh is different. Hazeh she'yesh la'oznaim. He has ears. Ve'eino nikar im shomeim lav. But we don't know if he's hearing. We don't know what he hears. So that's how Rashi uh, creates the first explanation. De'ein adam omed al birurov al daito. We don't know what he thinks, what he understands. We, we, that's one of the deeper concerns about a cheresh is that he's not a bar das. The cheresh of a katan is a list of people who are not b'nei das. So the Gemara is just using this as a mashal. It's not, uh, you don't have to, there's no difference between Rashi's first shot and the second one that we're about to read. It all means the same thing, that we don't know if it's chametz yet. Let's see Rashi's second shot. Lishna achrina. Rashi presents another lashon, another possibility. But say kacheres. Hacheres, it's made out of pottery. 
This dough, it kind of looks like cheres. We don't know if it became chametz. Just like when you look at a uh, piece of pottery, you couldn't tell its particular status. It, it looks like pottery. It has a certain sheen to it. We don't know if it's chametz or not. Whatever the mashal is, cheres or cheres, two pshatim within the, within, the, within the Mishnah here based on Rashi. And that's what the Gemara means. If you're not sure about the dough, go look at other dough that's similar to it. That's what the Mishnah says. Out of the gates, of course, an obvious question from the Mishnah. What if it's your only piece of dough and you have nothing to compare it to? If you want to tell me there's other pieces of challah, fine, I'll go compare to the other, the other pieces of dough that I'm preparing. I have one challah, that one's for sure not chametz. When I say challah, I mean matzah, right? We're not talking about chametz yet. So then says the Gemara, what do we do? For a person, the nunya litveria mil. So how long do we assume? And this is where we get the 18 minutes from. For how, this is how we know when we assume that there's chametz. So the Gemara writes in the name of Rabbi Abahu, we'll soon change the author of this, that it is the, we know that something becomes chametz in an equivalent amount of time that it takes to walk from the Migdal in Nunya to Tveria. It's called a mill. There's a big machlokas in the Gemara and in the Rishonim about how much a mill is. Is it 18 minutes? Is it 22 and a half minutes? Is it 24 minutes? And we'll speak about a couple of halachic sugyas which apply to this. Um, so ask the Gemara, can you just tell us the name of mill? Just tell us a mill. What's this whole Migdal Nunya thing? Like says the Gemara, because that is our yardstick. If you're not sure how long a mill is, go see exactly how far a mill is. Walk from Migdal Nunya to Tiveria. Amr Rabbi Abahu, Hakamash Malan says the Gemara, Hakamash Malan, two thirds of the way down, the Shi'ura de Mil, Kimi Migdal Nunya Ba'ad Tiveria. That's our yardstick. That's what we would use. If you're unsure, go check. Amr Rabbi Abahu, Amr Rab Shimon Ben Lakish. There are three dinim, says the Gemara, some of which are very halachalamaisa. There are three dinim that we have that utilize the shear of four mil. That one is the case of Lagabel. Lagabel is a person who makes bread. The kalim that his balabais gave him are tame. How far does he have to take them to the mikvah? So the halacha is if the mikvah is more than four mil ahead of him, so then if it's more than four mil, he's putter. He does not have to, he can make the challah even if it's going to be tummy. Okay, well, you have a chuma problem, but it wouldn't be an iser uh, of making it that way. The halacha is that you're not, you are not obligated to go more than four uh, mil. Ulatfila, this is a big machlokis in the postgame. What does that mean, litfila? So if you take a look at Rashi, Rashi has an interesting language here. Rashi says, v'chein litfila. In the middle with lines of Rashi, Rashi says, dibramasal v'chein litfila. He's, he's traveling and it's time to go to sleep. If he's going to go to bed, but he has only four mil left to get to the next location, so then the din is that's where he should go uh, in order to daven. If, if it's more than four mil, sleep where you are. You're not obligated to go to Shul at that point. So the Meforshim are, are torn by Rashi. Do you mean davening in Shulstam? Are you talking about davening with a minion? Uh, a whole bunch of different iterations uh, and difficult to understand. We don't know exactly what he means. So um, nowadays with a car, things are a little bit different because it's so easy to drive. And I assume that these halachos don't apply. We typically assume that a, a mill takes 18 minutes to walk. So if, it's a, if a mill takes 18 minutes to walk, so then what we're talking about is 72 minutes of walking. That's a significant difference. Some of the post game here uh, relate this issue to the Isra of Baal Tashaktu. We know that there's an Isra Darabanan for a person to withhold going to the bathroom. How do we measure what that is? That is if a person can't walk four mil 
without definitely having to go to the bathroom within that 72 minutes. So Ladina, we, we violate an Isser der Abanan if a person holds in going to the bathroom, knowing that no matter what happens, finding a bathroom or otherwise, a person would have to go to the bathroom in 72 minutes. Allah has to go to the bathroom right away. Some of the posts can say that's true by davening also. It's Usser to daven as well under those circumstances. And that would make your tefillah a to'eva, the post can write. So that's the legabel as a person. How far does he have to walk for to be Matahir Kalim? The tefillah. And the last one is the Natilas Yadayim. All of those are Bamilin. So we're talking about Natilas Yadayim. Uh, let's take a look at Rashi here. Rashi says, You want to eat bread, and it's a 72-minute walk. So the halacha is that you have to walk up to 72 minutes to wash Natila. That's very significant. That's an hour, an hour and a little bit, an hour and a fifth. So you'd have to walk that far in order to wash Natilas Yadayim. Amar of Nachman, three-fourths of the way down. It was not Rabbi Abba who said that it was actually Ivo. And actually, there was a fourth one, not just three. We said, Legabel, Tfila, Natilas Yadayim. Here's a fourth. Arba Amar We're talking about, again, back to the leather workers, though unrelated to the context of before. It's not in the Mishnah writes. Let's say that you have the meat uh, of an animal and you have the leather of an animal. So the meat is going to be tumming. And the leather is also going to be tummy, unless you work the leather enough that it loses its status as uh, as being um, animal. Says the Gemara, it's not the Mishnah writes. If you worked on it for long enough of kedei avoda, we'll get back to that in a minute. Tahurin. They no longer have the status of an animal. They're not going to be tumming. Chutzmi or Adam, this is an exclusion to human skin uh, conversation, but not for now. This does not apply to human skin. The Kama Kdei Avoda, when we say that a person can work leather to the point that it can become Tahor, what does it mean Kdei Avoda? How much is that? Amar of Inya, Amar of Yanai, a fourth application of what we're talking about, that we now have four applications, Legabel, Tfila, Nitilas Yadayim, and working leather. This, uh, this comes up very halachalamaisa. The post can speak about this in regards to um, in regards to uh, some kashrus issues. Um, let's say that a skin is dried out to this point or worked to this point. Can you then extract it from milchiks? Right? Because now it's basar b'chalav. It, does it lose its din of basar entirely? It's still flesh. It's still from an animal. So you can get into some sugyas in, in the Meforshim that discuss this idea as to whether or not if an animal loses its status, can it be revived? Uh, this Shiloh came up. Uh, there are dozens of Shilohs like this about whether or not one can use. They used to use the skin of a They used to use a stomach to make, um, to make cheese. How'd you do that? You had to dry out the stomach first, then you put in the milk and it would curdle with the rennet and the, okay, so all of these rely on these shilas of the skin drying up. We only learn these rules of Arba Milim when we're talking about in the direction in which you're heading. But going backwards, you don't even have to go back a mill. Uh, the Gemara makes a gentle do you care? Up to a mill, let's say 0.99 of a mill. I don't mean to be two decimal points. I just mean up to a mil. So then the halacha is that appropriate. But let's say I'm heading east and the only place to wash Natilas Yadayim is two mil behind me. The din is that I'm potter from Natilas Yadayim. Okay. So that's a, a din that is quoted in Shulchan Next Mishnah. 
Next Mishnah, Baruch Hashem. We are four lines from the bottom and above Maralaf. Let's continue. The Mishnah writes, Let's say that it's Yantif. You're allowed to bake on Shabbos. We know, of course, the Mishnah and Masechus Megillah. We know that we're allowed to bake. So let's say you have Chala and you want to cook it. The problem is that it's Tomei. So what do we do? Three-way Machlokas Tanoim. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Eliezer, Omer, Lo Sikra, Lo Sheim, Don't be mafresh the Chala yet until it's baked. Because if you mafresh the chala, you'll be matame the chala. That you should not do. So just don't be mafresh. Don't do anything until it's big. Yes, you'll end up ruining one of your shleimim, one of your full rolls. No, that's just what it is. But don't be mafresh. That's answer number one. Ben Visera Omer Tatil Bitsonin. He says you can uh, be mafresh it into cold water. And the cold water will inhibit it, the chimutz, and therefore you won't have chametz. Good to go. Now, these two shitas are on one side of the camp that say that Yutaka would have a problem of chametz. Here's the shita on the other side of the camp. Last line, as we turn to the top of Memvav Mebez, Amar of Yeshua, he says, Lo zehu chametz, shemuzharen ala bevayi ro This is not your problem. If you need to be mafresh chala, and it's tamay, be mafresh chala, don't worry about it. There's no isra bayi rabayi matzeh. Elam afrishto manichta ad ha'erev. Let it go. No problem. Be'im hechmitza, hechmitza. If it becomes chametz, then it becomes chametz, and it's not your problem. So why is it not his problem? Okay, I could understand. I'm giving truma to the Kohen, right? But then it's the Kohen's problem, right? Because I just gave him something. Rashi, top of the page, grapples with this and does so quickly and cleanly. Rashi, top Rashi, dibur hamaschil, lo zehu chamez shemuzhar. And I love Rashi writes, once I, as a stamayid, I'm mafresh techala, once I'm kore lehashem, it's now out of my possession. Uh, this is not yours. And now here's the knesh. Why isn't it the coins? Says Rashi, third line, because the hafrasha shala hasn't yet reached the hands of the coin. So therefore, it's no man's land. If I'm mafresh the chala and I put it on the counter, but the coin doesn't pick it up, nobody owns it. And therefore, there's no concern about it becoming chametz. So these are the two camps. Yes, we're concerned. And no, we're not concerned. And with this, the Gemara says, wait a minute. What are these two camps? On the one hand, we see the first two tanaim in the Mishnah trying to avoid making chametz. And then we see Rabbi Yeshua that says, no problem, make the chametz. Nobody even owns it. You'll, you will not violate Bayi Rabbi Matzeh. And using the language of the Gemara, lo zehu chametz shabnuz haren ala Bayi Rabbi Matzeh. So says the Gemara, lema. Maybe we should say that the distinction between these two classes of tanaim is as follows. Betovas hanah can be forgiven. Tovas hanah is when I as a Yisrael, Rashi writes, am able to earmark the chulen, the, uh, the truma that I'm giving to Kohen X, someone in the Mishpacha. I want to give this truma to Kohen, to Kohen Schwartz, whatever it is. So that's fine. I'm allowed to do that. That's called Tovas Hanah. Now, when I benefit in that way, that someone in my family who's a Kohen got to, got to have the truma, does that have a din of mamon or does that not have a din of mamon? If it has a din of mamon, then, it, then I just got Hanah. It's mine. And therefore, it's going to be chametz. And maybe that's the first class of the Tanaim that we saw in our Mishnah. So that's what the Gemara recommends. Lema betovas like Rabbi Eliezer Sabar, tovas mamon. He says, tovas is equivalent to money. So when I take the truma and I give it to somebody else, that's, I'm getting hanah out of that. That's problematic. That's very problematic. And therefore he says, don't do it. However, Rabbi Yeshua Sabar, tovas mamon, absolutely not. It doesn't have a financial equivalence. A great way to explain our Gemara, our Mishnah, that there are two camps. One says that tovas has financial value, in which case we are concerned about the chametz that will come from being mafresh truma that's tmeya. And according to Rabbi Yeshua, tovas has no financial equivalence and therefore it's not considered yours and therefore it's not considered chametz. But the Gemara rejects this answer. It says, lo, 
That is not the distinction to be made between these sets of Tanaim and our Mishnah. Everyone agrees that Tovah Sana has no financial value. Here we're going to be dealing with uh, Hoil. This will be the difference between the two classes of the Tanaim. Let's see how they play out. We do say Hoil. Hoil that what? Hoil that maybe guests will come. We'll see shortly. And since, in theory, I was mafresh truma, but in theory, I could be mashil neder, I, not a neder, but I could be mashil my kriyas shame that it's actually truma. I could bring it back and make it tevel again. Because theoretically, halachically, it's possible that I could bring it back into my possession by undoing my hafrasha. So therefore, we say ho'il, and therefore mamonehu, therefore it's his own money because... Yes, I was mafresh truma, but until you take it, in theory, I could undo that hafrasha by being shoel, by by uh, being doing hataras nederim, being sheilas chacham. I can undo it. So therefore, mamonehu, and therefore, Rabbi Eliezer is concerned. However, Rabbi Yeshua Savar, lo amrinan hoil. He says that uh, we do not say hoil, and because we do not say hoil, there's no theoretical way that once you're mafresh the truma that you can get it back, and therefore, it is not considered money. It is not considered yours, and therefore, he says, don't worry about it. It's chametz. It is chametz that we are not muzhar Allah. Says the um, says the Gemara one third of the way down, a very important sugya, one that is very halachalamaisa for those of us uh, who cook on Yantif going into Shabbos, Eruv Tavshilin. It's based on the swara that's quoted here in the Gemara. Itmar, Itmar, always a statement from the Amoraim. What's that? Back in Eruvin. Yes, back in Eruvin. <laughs> says the Gemara, Itmar, We're not quite there yet. This case is cooking from Yantif to the weekday. That's an Isra Daraisa. Well, potentially. Says the Gemara, Itmar, the Amorayim discuss a case of someone who cooks on Yantiv. Let's say Yantiv lets out on a Thursday. And you cook for Friday. That's uh, that's not good. Ravchiz Amar Loke, your chai, that's Nister the Rice. You get Malkos. Rava Amar Eno Loke, Rava says, Rava says that you do not get Malkos. Why do, does each one hold the way they do? Ravchiz Amar Loke, why does Ravchiz say Loke? Because Lo Amrinan Hoel, what hoel do we not say? He does not say that at least in theory, when you cook, even if there's 10 minutes left before the end of Yantiv, a guest could come over. So we rely on that heavily. That's why we're allowed to, that's why, why we're allowed to cook. But, the, but he does not rely on that. He says that you're not allowed to cook on, on Motze, on, on the end of Yantiv going into Motze Yantiv, if the next day is a weekday. He says, we do not say Ho'il. And because we do not say Ho'il, then your cooking is an Eser Daraisa. You're cooking for tomorrow. You're Chayib and Malkos. However, in contrast, um, Rabba Omar Enoloka, Omrin on Ho'il. He says, we do say Ho'il. And because we say that there's always a chance that guests could come, even if they don't come, it doesn't make a difference. The mechanism that allows me to cook on toward the end of Yantiv, when the following day is a weekday, is based on the fact that theoretically guests could come, and because they could come, I'm therefore allowed to cook. I don't understand. I don't understand your shita. Rabba, who says that there's no Malkos, doesn't understand Rav Chizda. What doesn't he understand? Lididach, according to you, if you say that we don't say Ho'il, the guests may show up, then I don't understand. Then how do you cook when Friday blends into Shabbos? Don't you need the, the loophole of Ho'il? You want to cook on Friday, an hour before Shabbos. How do you cook? That should be an Isra Del Raisa. Omar Lay, don't worry, Mishumay Rube Tafshilin, halfway down my base. Don't worry, I did an Eruv Tafshilin. Says the Gemara, Eruv Tafshilin is a rabbinic injunction. How can a rabbinic injunction undo an Isra Del Raisa of cooking from Yantif to Shabbos? Says the Gemara, Umishumay Rube Tafshilin, Sharina Nisure Del Raisa? No way. 
You did Erev Tavshilin, congratulations. But, but it, you still just cooked from Yantif to Shabbos. That should be Nisir Daraisa. No rabbinic injunction would, would override that. We do have a principle that the Chachamim say that B'Sheva Al-Taseh, without doing things that Chachamim could be Oker Dabar I fine, but this is an activity you're cooking. There's no way that that works. So Amar Leh, he's like, you just don't understand my shita. Amar Leh, what does, um, who's who here? What does um, Rabbah say here? Why does, why does he allow it? What does Rav Chizda say, excuse me? Oh, yeah, what is, what, hold on one second. Amar Leh, mi deoraisa, tzorche Shabbos nasin b'yom tov, verabanonu degazer begzeira, shemayor rofen b'yom tov aflechol. We say that mi deoraisa, there's no problem cooking from Shabbos, from Yom Tov to Shabbos. That's totally fine. We only have a rabbinic reason not to do so. And that rabbinic reason is And because our concern is only that you may cook from weekday to chol, since cooking from Yom, from Yom Tov to Shabbos is mutter midah, right? So only, only forbidden by rabbinic injunction, then But when it comes to Yom Tov to chol, that would taka be in Isra Raisa, and that is how Rav Chizda understands that iser. So he makes a distinction that uh, Rabbah doesn't make. According to Rav Chizda, there's it's an iser de Rabbanan to cook from Yom Tov to, to Shabbos. And according to the other shita, he holds that it's an iser de Oraisa. Eisibe, another question. You have an animal that uh, it doesn't look very healthy. It's possible that it's going to die soon. So the halacha is, Lo yishchot el are you allowed to shech this animal so that you don't lose out on all of the value of, of the animal? The halacha is Lo yishchot. You're not supposed to do shechita unless you are able, it's theoretically possible that you would be able to eat a kezayis of tzli of roasted meat. Why tzli? Because the salting on Shabbos is problematic. So the only way to remove the blood on Yom Tov is to cook bit tzli. Tzli is a replacement for, for salting. So it says the Gemara makes a deal from the b'raisa. Maybe you don't really have to eat it. It only has to be theoretically possible that you should eat it. But lab dafka that you actually have to eat it. I say ho'il. So because I say ho'il, that makes perfect sense as that this is ho'il. Theoretically, I'm allowed to shech the animal because theoretically I could eat. That's why it's allowed for me to do the shechita. But if you don't hold of ho'il, then this b'risa should be very complicated for you. Why should you be allowed to slaughter based on the theoretical of maybe in theory I could eat? You don't hold of hoil. So if you don't hold of hoil, then that svara shouldn't work for you. Answers the Gemara, five lines from the bottom in Bavamid Bays, Amar Lay, Mishum Hefsid Mamono. Nope, the reason why it's allowed is because you've lost some money. Says the Gemara, that's a terrible argument. Umishum Hefsid Mamono, Sharina Nisur Daraisa. So every time I'm about to lose money, I can do something illegal. I'm allowed to I'm allowed to steal. I'm allowed to shech an animal because that's crazy. Uh, I don't understand. How is Hefsid Mamon an explanation? Says no, you totally misunderstood. In yes, Hefsid Maruba does change things, but it doesn't mean that I'm allowed to violate an Isra Daraisa because of Hefsid Mamon. It's just that Hefsid Mamon changes my willingness to actually eat the food. Mishum Hefsid Mamono, Gomar Belibo Lechol Kazais. Now, I'm not going to theoretically eat it. I'm actually going to eat it. And then because I can't eat a kezayis of basar without shechita. So therefore, it's permissible for me to eat it. Not in a theoretical frame. No ho'il. I'm actually going to eat the basar. And I, I can't eat basar without shechita. So therefore, this price is not a problem for that shechita. Last line, let's carry over. We're going to go almost halfway down. One more question answer on this sugya. And then we'll stop for the night. Says the Gemara, Lechem upon him. 
We know that the lechem upon him was made on uh, Fridays on Erev Shabbos, and it would stay up for a whole week. The lechem upon him was eaten on the ninth day from the cooking, from when it was baked, or the tenth day, or the eleventh day. This language is mirrored in Maseches Megillah. You read the Megillah on days one, two, three, four. Says the Gemara Ketzad. How do do these numbers work out? Kidarko Latisha. On a regular Shabbos, Nefobe Erev Shabbos, it's made on Friday um, of week one, and it's Nechal, the Shabbos Latisha, on day nine, nine days later. It's even on that Shabbos, that's nine days. What if the, that Friday was Yom Tov? Chal Yom Tov, Leos Be'erev Shabbos. If Friday was Yom Tov, we don't cook on that day. Nechal the Shabbos Lazar. So we cook it on Thursday. And then the following Shabbos is day 10. That's how we get to eating Lechem upon him on day 10. Shnei Yomim Tovim Shal Rosh Hashanah. If uh, Thursday, Friday is Rosh Hashanah, so we're not going to bake those days. We're going to bake it on Wednesday. Then Nechal the Shabbos Lachad Then we'll eat the bread on the 11th day. Why? Because we should not be doche Shabbos or Yom Tov. So says the Gemara, well, I don't understand. Why can't you make it on Yom Tov? If your whole svara was to say that you're allowed to do Tzorche Shabbos on Yom Tov, and we're talking about the Beis HaMikdash where there's no Yisuri Derabanan, why can't you make the Lechem upon him? On Yontif. Why, why do you keep making it earlier to be before Yontif such that the Lechem upon him is eaten on days 10 and 11? Always make it on Friday. Can't be worse than uh, can't be worse than Yom Okay, Yom Kippur is a problem. We'll see shortly. But but when it comes to um, when it comes to Yom Tov, why are we not changing the din here? We should be baking it on Yom Tov because there's no Isur there abundant in the Mikdash. And according to you, uh, Ruchiza, the only only concern that you have is that uh, is that there's an Isur there abundant of cooking on Yom Tov or Shabbos, and there are no Isur there abundant in the Mikdash. When do we allow cooking on Yontif for Shabbos? When it's today for tomorrow. That's fine. But what we're not going to allow is cooking on Friday of Shabbos 1 for t- nine days later of Friday of Shabbos 2. That's a rechoka. That's too far away. We, you're right that there are no Yisuri Darabon in the Mikdash. But the leniency is only when do we say you're allowed to cook from Yom Tov to Shabbos? That's only for this Yom Tov for tomorrow. But if I'm cooking on Friday, which is Yom Tov for Shabbos nine days later, that's unacceptable. So that's how he gets out of that. So asks the Gemara, Ula Rashbag, Do Amar Mishum Reb Shimon ben Haskan, Doches Yom Tov, Eno Doches Yom Tzom, that on Yom Tov you are specifically allowed to do so, not Yom Kippur, not Yom Tzom, but on, on, uh, on Yom Tov you are allowed to cook on that day. You can bake the Lechem upon him on that day, Michael Lemeimar, says the Gemara. That just means that we have a machlokas in the Tanaim, Bahapligi, and with this Svar we will, we will end. Mar Savar Shvus Krova. The first shita held that when it comes to a shvus krova, I'm doing an iser derabanan today for tomorrow on yontif for Shabbos. That's totally fine, but but nine days earlier, that's unacceptable. Umar Savar and the shita of Reb Shimon's Ben Askan, he was of the opinion that shvus rechoka nami hitiru that we even allow the iser derabanan to be done nine days earlier on Friday for Shabbos 1 for the sake of Saturday of Shabbos 2, nine days later. And that's how we explain there. Machlokes, Sikum Advarim. We have a machlokes as to whether or not we employ Hoil. And so far, Rabbi and Rav Chizda have maintained their shitas. We will pick up tomorrow from Masiv, almost at the middle of Memzai and Amad Aleph, wishing you all a beautiful night. Thank you.